good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. Hey, y'all, what's up? You know, I hate saying, hey, y'all, what's up? But I keep doing it at the beginning of these podcasts, so it is what it is. Anyhow, you have dropped or fell into You're Probably Right Again. Yes, You're Probably Right podcast. And I'm your host, MCM, the dude that talks all the nonsense on this podcast. Yeah, one of these days I need to interview somebody again. But for now, we're on our way to 100, and I am at episode, well, we are at, episode 97 and that's so cool to say not 97 97 that's where we at y'all and you know what we're gonna do for 97 we are going to do actually a part two (laughs) and the reason why i laugh is that i call things part one even though i don't know if there's gonna be a part two sometimes so there's a a few part ones floating out around there. And I guess if I don't feel it, then I just don't go ahead and do number two. Whereas I think most people who have part one, part two, usually have an extremely long session or whatever it is. And then they just cut it in half, right? Double up. So anyhow, we're going to do part two of scars from life. Tough questions. Part two. Anyhow. (laughs) Um, so I'm just going to basically actually, I guess, I guess in this case, I'm actually prepared in that way. Um, if you go back to part one, this one will probably make more sense, but maybe this is the better one. Who knows? Um, just some random thoughts that I had, and then I allowed some people to give me some questions. So I have three sets of questions left. So we'll have, I'll read a statement. And it's just thoughts. It's just it's just kind of like thinking out loud. And from thinking out loud, I got a few questions. So I have five here, nine here, and ten there. So not bad. And of course, you're gonna have to have um, episode one in in memory, or maybe not. We'll see how it goes. Maybe it is necessary for you to um, to know what happened in part one. Um, remember, I do not profess to be a professor of anything. I'm not a member of clergy. I am a Christian, 100%. I just don't like to come over here like I'm standing on a soapbox and I know what I'm saying for sure in every single institution, in in every single situation. I was going to say every single instant. I don't know why I would have said that. Anyhow, um, so here we go. I'm sorry if I made the mic clip. I'm really trying to figure that out here. I had a issue here with my uh, setup this morning, which really kind of ticked me off. I had a microphone, no, I had headphones that just literally like melted in my hands. I really, really ticked me off because they were good headphones from a very popular brand, popular brand, and I'm shocked. And it wasn't like it was the bottom of the line. So anyhow, I'm back and uh, everything is cool. So I'm going to read this statement. Let's see how good I like I just it was really a rough statement. And it's funny how people still had questions. I think it's easier when you're actually speaking it. Somebody has the questions Whereas I'm going to read the drivel that I wrote. So it might not um, be so easy. (laughs) All right, here we go. So as I look at my life and I sit and wonder about things that I wish I did. And not necessarily in a regret mode, but more in there's things I could be doing if I had taken different turns. If I didn't have the propensity or the desire or the sin nature in me to want to go after certain sensual exploits, how much different my life turned out or could have turned out? How much better could I have raised my children? What better examples could I have been to those who hear, see, or have watched me? I mean, I've had a hand in raising three of my own, two stepchildren, two nephews, and a few godchildren, as I was saying. 
Now, they may not all look at it that way. They may look at it differently, but I know that I was there, and I mean, I changed pretty much everybody's papers at some point. Um, you know, so whether or not I raised them, they may look at it a different way, but I mean, I know what I did, right? <laughs> and I mean, you as a person, you only know so much. You act, Some people's memories start at four. Some people's memories start at five, six. Some people's memories start as early as two, but then there's nothing much else there. Um, so yeah, so these were the questions that came out of that. I could have expounded a little bit more on some of those thoughts now that I've like <laughs> got to come back, but I'm just going to go right off the questions and hopefully these questions aren't exactly like the other ones, but I'm going to just, um, try to hit them and see exactly where we go with that. You okay over there? All right. Good. All right. So one, again, it's a, can you describe, I hate, can you describe can you describe specific turns you mentioned that you feel you could have taken differently and how you believe those choices might have impacted your life? Well, I don't want to get into it really specifically because that's just like <laughs> telling my whole life, as uh, Lauren Hill said. But um, there's just so many things I could have done. I mean, I could have um, paid more attention to my education. I mean, I remember when I went to college, it was, you know, I got into college. I was like, cool. There was a few colleges I could have got to. But you understand when I was going to school to get into college is nothing. And it probably still isn't. And it might even be easier now. University was the thing. So this is college, not university in Canada. When we go to college, we're going to community college. When we go to university, it's university. We don't call university experiences here college, at least not from my um, neck of the woods or when I was growing up. There was a big distinction. Um, and it was any university, as long as it's a university. The college, you're going to college. <laughs> and um, back in the day, they used to have uh, the three different levels of, um, what do you call it? three different learning levels, I guess. It was um, basic, which was the lower and probably locally developed or whatever they call it now. Then they had general right in the middle. You're going to college if you pass everything and do half decent. And then there was um, advanced. You're going to university, hopefully, or something even better. <laughs> um, so when I look at those turns, I mean, as a kid coming out of um, high school, you know, I was going to college. Um, all kinds of funny stuff happened during that time. Um, issues with even the, the college I was going to, which was George Brown at the time, downtown Toronto. No support whatsoever. It, it just really, honestly, my experience felt like they just wanted your money. And it was like, pay us your money, move, next. And I don't know if all institutions were like that. But back then, and maybe it was just being young and dumb or young and black or whatever it was. It just, there was no support, really. Um, I remember being in, um, in a general arts and science program and it feeling like that was <laughs> that time, like this is the nineties we're talking. It felt like it was the birth of, um, of the humanities and the left turn that it took. And I was not necessarily right. Cause back then I didn't even know what left or right wing were or liberal or conservative or whatever it is. But um, I just had Christian values or I was, when I was um, brought up and everything seemed to be opposite, but not as bad as it is now. Now it's like everything, like we're in, a, as my sister, who's uh, my late departed, dearly departed sister would say, the world's upside down and it's exactly what it is. Um, so when I look at stuff like getting into college um, and looking for a significant other, try to get married as a young man, way too young, probably for me. But, um, I had, I thought I had my head, my, my head on my shoulders, or I thought I had, you know, I was going in a good direction, which technically I was, but I was just too immature. I needed to pay attention to other things. I needed to get myself straight before I was looking into that part of it, or I needed to get with somebody who was at my level and really agreed with what I agreed. And I think that is so important as a young person. If you think you're getting um, getting married or whatever it is, is to get yourself together with someone who has the same belief 
in the Bible. Like you might say, okay, I'm just going to pick up a wife here and I'll teach her or something. I mean, what if you have an argument or what if you have a few arguments and she doesn't want to listen to you anymore? Then the the teaching that could happen between the two of you is not going to happen. It's going to be cut, which is what happened in uh, different situations. I've seen it many times. It's like, well, you're not God or the pastor said this or <laughs> whatever the case is. And then it's like, I don't want to hear anything else from you because you said that over there. It's like, we, we, we can't, I mean, depending on who you're dealing with again, some people backtrack, some people... You know, they take a step forward and they never give an inch. So then it kind of causes problems for you. So I look at that. I look at just trying to get um, married too early. I, I look at um, what my outlook on life was, what my ambitions were as far as, um, you know, what I was going to do <laughs> for the rest of my life or at least a career. And I remember going as far as going into the police department, picking up an application. And then I heard I, I they, they explained the long, arduous uh, journey you'd have to go through just to become a police officer. And that time they were actually just literally filling. Well, they say they were trying to get their quotas of, of black males. So I was like, ah, I could probably get in. And that was actually at college when that was happening. But then when I went down there and, and then when they ran me around the thing a few times, I'm like, um, and not lit physically ran me around. But once they told me this here, grab that, go put this over here, get that. Then we'll need five different um, people to vouch for you that you're not a criminal or blah, blah, blah. You can't have a member of your family who's ever been incarcerated. It just goes on and on and on and on. And I had a family who family member who had been incarcerated. I was like, uh, let me just back out of it. <laughs> and the funny thing is who implanted that seed of, of thought to become a police officer in the first place was uh, a friend of my mother. Or I think she was, yeah, a friend of my mother was um, married to a police officer. And for some reason, she just thought, you know, like that would be a good thing for you and blah, 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 blah. You seem like a upstanding citizen and you blah, 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 blah. So I said, yeah, so I just had the seed. And then when they, when they came up with the, you know, they're looking for a few good men <laughs> that happen to be black. I, I thought about it, but it didn't work out. But I mean, just things like that. Um, relationship choices, um, staying in relationships too long or getting in, in the, getting in them in the first place. Um, there's just so many things, maybe the lack of experiences, you know, maybe I should have traveled first. Maybe there should, there's things that I could have done. I could have really buried my head in the, the scriptures and really, really learned more than I knew for sure. But, you know, I was young and dumb and trying things out and, you know, sometimes family dynamics don't really allow for certain things. And I just think that some of the choices that I made could have uh, worked out things a lot differently. But then again, I guess I have to also look at it then, you know, I wouldn't have in my family or my life who I have if things didn't go that way. So I guess at the end of the day, as the scriptures say, all things work together for good to those that love God and who are called according to his purpose. So... Even if I fall down in a snake pit, or even if I get burnt half of my body in a fire, and I live to tell the story, then it, it, I believe that some purpose, God's purpose, will still be worked out in my life, in other people's lives, and I just believe that's, that's what I believe. <laughs> okay, second question. How do you feel your past experiences and choices have shaped your identity and sense of self? And how do you reconcile any feelings of regret or disappointment with the person you are today? Well, my past experiences, and now I guess going deeper than just college and um, graduating high school and whatever it is. But um, again, maybe I would end that part of the college to say that the first time I went to college, I didn't finish. I ended up two courses, well, two cor two main courses and one um, elective from finishing my, my diploma at that point. And I was jaded at that point as well because we had, um, what's it called? A person who directed us in our course. And, and um, they kept us for this long, long, long conversation. A big long, like a few of us were there. And at the same time that they kept us for this big, long conversation, they also opened the lines for the electives so we finished this big long conversation with the course coordinator there you go and then we actually jumped in the elevator and we we're going up 
or down or whatever it is and we can see because of the way the elevator was you could see this huge common area at the college and there was like lines there was like student after student after student it was like hundreds of people in a line just realizing that we weren't probably going to get the courses that we wanted at all because um we had kept i can't fully explain the whole situation but anyways the bottom line is that i didn't finish so first of all i should have finished um another thing that happened i guess i gotta stay with this education part um after the first year of my course i wanted to my plan was to dip out as they say i wanted to get out and go to university because that's where all the prestige and that's where all the money would come after um education i i thought so i wanted to go to um york university at that time and i was i think 20 at that point and i sent in my application and everything looked straight my marks were half decent um and then what happened was george brown didn't send my transcript on time so eventually um york university wrote me back because i i think i sent a letter back to everything was letters there was no emails that time they sent me a letter back saying, um, unfortunately, first they, they, they welcomed my application, but they were waiting for my transcript from the school. And they went through, went through all that stuff and it said, it sent me a letter, letter saying, sorry, unfortunately we did not receive your transcript on time. So at this time we'll not be able to put you into your course that you're trying to get into, which I was trying to get into, I think physical education at that time. So. I reluctantly went back for my second year at George Brown College. Needless to say, I just finished breaking up with the girlfriend I had at that time and everything was just a shambles and I had to go and see this kid <laughs> because he we went to the same college out of, out of high school um, all the time and I was jaded because I was going to college still and I wanted to be at university. Not, not, not knowing that whether or not I could even do it at that time, like I thought I could, I suppose. But um, it's funny how life takes, takes different turns. Sometimes you think you can do something at a time. And I don't even know if I would have done well at that time, but maybe, who knows? But um, either way, I did second year and then I flaked out right at the end of it. <laughs> so beyond that, when I look at how my life choices, you know, and I look at my, myself, I can reconcile, you know, feelings of regret and disappointment in that, you know, I should have tried harder. I should have applied myself uh, more. I should have connected myself with the right network of supports that could have maybe helped push me or shape me or encourage me. Um, I had a friend, another friend who was actually going to university. We were traveling downtown together, but he was at, um, at U of T downtown and, he had caught up with some other friends so he was my friend was um hindu and he had just um kind of he's he decided he wasn't gonna be hindu anymore and he was looking for another religion he was looking at islam he was looking at christianity i um tried to talk to him about this that and the other i had another guy talking to him the guys on the street that's back in the day when kids used to just hang out on the street and talk <laughs> and um anyhow he went i guess i lost the fight but he lost the fight, I guess. Um, he um, decided to become Muslim and therefore he started hanging around with his Muslim friends and he kind of pushed me to the side. And, and then he kind of came back to hang out one time when he was away or whatever it is. And I kind of wasn't feeling it at that point a few years later and we kind of just separated. But um, when I look at it, I didn't really choose people who were going and I never have. You know, maybe that's a, a one thing I can look at that kind of shaped me of the, as the person I am. And it's not really regret. I really look at it as it is what it is. Whereas I didn't surround myself with people who encouraged me. And growing up, for some reason, I had this thing within me that I was always encouraging other people. I was always trying to give other people advice. I was always trying to be there when kids got kicked out of their house and you know come stay at my house and um try to break i was always a kid breaking up fights um 
And I remember one time I got slapped in the face because I broke up a fight between two, a, a set of twins and the mom didn't like it. And I always, I've told a lot of people about that, but, um, it, it's a few, it's something that's been like, been me. I, I broke up a fight during COVID two guys decided to get out on the street. We were like the only three cars on the road, downtown Toronto. And two guys got out to fight because one guy cut off the other guy. And then um, when the fight ended, the one guy pulls out that long, a long um, screwdriver that he was going to jab the other guy with. And he was with his girl, the other guy was with his girlfriend. And it's just kind of funny. Like, I, that's the kind of thing. So I guess I'm not really going to say that I regret the person that God has made me. But I will say that I regret the sin. I regret going after, like, following my lusts. The lusts of my flesh have got me into more trouble than... I think anybody could imagine it's like when I look at it and I, I think this is why sometimes people think that they're good I mean the Bible says that we're born and shaped in iniquity but for some reason people have this thing we you know people inherently at the heart of everything are good and it's like no that's not what the Bible says people aren't good <laughs> man what is man is a few days and but full of all kinds of I can't remember what it says but the bottom line is the stuff's in us. It's kind of like, okay, if you want to say that people are are good or we are little angels, well, then think about it when you think about little children at two and a kid having a tantrum. Nobody's ever fallen down the floor, taught this kid how to, be, to have a tantrum. Nobody's ever taught this kid at five or four to lie and said, no, they didn't take the piece of candy. Nobody ever um, told the kid um, how to steal something, but yet you check his pocket and he has a little car in it or like from school or like, and it's not always cause he forgot cause literally he was taking it home. Like nobody taught us these things and these things like, like stealing, like, um, bits of rage and anger, like sinful anger. Like these things aren't taught to us. We are that way. Um, from birth it's in us. So, um, I would say the sins that were in me, it was always me like trying to get a girlfriend or trying to, trying to, when I was younger, just trying to find the right woman and try to get married. And maybe then I wouldn't have to think about lustful things or I wouldn't have to try to um, get myself in a situation where I can square up that part of my life. I think that was always been a, that was always a desire in my life that thinking that, oh, you know, I find a girlfriend, get married, then everything is hunky-dory, all that part of my life, you know what I'm talking about, is settled and everything is cool, but it doesn't really work out that way, especially if you end up um, marrying someone who doesn't look at it, everything that way, and you start getting frustrated in your relationships, your relationship, and everything kind of goes sour for one way or the other, maybe um, financial strain, which always ends up being a thing as well, and where your head spins you got sexual issues you got marital money issues you got um career issues because you didn't finish school properly um the list just goes on and on and on so i look at all the stuff that i had i would say you know i really wish first of all i was in a proper church <laughs> second of all i really wish that i paid attention to what the scriptures said more than what men and women said to me about those scriptures. I wish that I followed people who were a good example of things that I could have followed. I wish I put myself in the right places. But um, as far as regret and disappointment with the person I am today, um, not really. I can say that I wish that I was further... Um, financially are more financially stable um i don't really have a load of debt so that's a good thing but i also don't have that much much you can call really things you'd call assets as well and you know probably things could be a lot better but um i don't really regret what happened i just i wish <laughs> things could be different which i know they can't be so that's it um, I guess I look to the future. So I still look at things, I guess, half full in a sense. The glass half full. You mentioned, let's see. 
I'm going to read this. I'm not sure what it says. Let's see. You mentioned your children are and other young people in your life. How do you balance the desire to set a positive example for them with the cognition that you are only human and make mistakes like anyone else? Um, yeah, there's other people and there's not that many because I'm older now. They're older now. Many of them are gone off their lives and relationships, um, married and kids here and there. Um, I'm not, I, and I, you know, I still have a young son and, you know, but I just try to be honest is the best thing. I, I don't go through, and I mean, I never have been that person anyway. A lot of people like, you know, I've never been the Santa Claus and the Easter bunny dude, but I try to just be honest. And, and if I can, and if they'll listen, I try to, and probably to a fault, I try to, I, I explain things for an extended amount of time um just trying to give them the ins and outs of something something but mostly i just try to be honest and straight up so it doesn't really like i know that i'm i'm imperfect and i know that i regularly let them know where i failed or where i was wrong in this or that i don't try to hide it <laughs> and try to pretend i'm mr perfect because that stuff will always blow up in your face how do you think we can cultivate a greater sense of self-awareness and reflection in our daily lives? Mm. Well, sense of self-awareness, like really, I, I would say, honestly, look at your life. And I think if you look at yourself in a through an honest lens or through a lens that God would look through, say, look through it through I mean, at least for a Christian, <laughs> um, I, you look at it and you weigh yourself up against the Bible. And it's not necessarily like, I mean, if I really wanted to weigh myself up in the Bible, I would say, hey, I'm not as smart as Solomon, but at least I don't have 300 and some odd wives. <laughs> or I could say, well, you know, I looked at somebody else's wife uh, or uh, maybe, you know, I had a, a, a adulterous situation, but at least unlike David, I didn't kill the 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 husband of the of the woman I had um, designs on. Like, there's so many people who did worse in one way or another, but then they lived these exemplary lives in other ways. So we use their mistakes, their plays where places where they faltered or they sinned. And, um, you know, sometimes you look back like, just as a person, I look back and Adam and Eve and I'm like, man, why couldn't you just behave yourself? I mean, you're there in the garden with God. I mean, friends don't get much better than that. <laughs> and somehow when he tells you not to eat of the, the fruit of that, the light of the tree of good and evil, you figure you just wouldn't do it. But then you got to think these guys are more pure than we were and they still sinned and they still faltered in that way. So, um, yeah. What's that? What's that? Jeez. Yep. All right. Anyway. Sorry about that, y'all. <laughs> oh, that was really loud. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> man. A lot of things clipping like that now. But, um, yeah, when I look at life, I realize that, yeah, things could have been a lot better. But, um, it isn't. <laughs> but I'm not going to cry about it. So, tis what it is. I realize who I am. I realize who I could have been in some senses. But, I mean, maybe everything could have been amazing. I could have got the best job ever. I could have bought a Ferrari, maybe. I could have had three BMWs. I could have a $2 million house. And then maybe maybe I was, I was able to afford a helicopter ride over the Atlantic or whatever it is. And I crash and I die. Ooh, I was successful. So I will just say that I believe that God is sovereign and that he is in full control and because i know that he's in full control because i have been saved by the grace of god 
by the mercy of God. I don't have to worry about how things could have been. So I would honestly, the person I am, I would be hard pressed to sit here and regret, 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 regret. The only things that I will honestly say that I regret is sinning against my wife. No matter how, how bad I felt, no matter if I felt neglected, no matter if I felt that things should have been different, no matter if I thought she should have been behaving like a better Christian or whatever the case is, I only look down on myself for the faults that I have and have um, entertained. Because the way I look at people is that we are all born and shaped in iniquity. We're all sinful people. But then we also have a choice. And this is what a lot of people don't seem to get. It's like, yeah, you have this feeling or you have that feeling or you have that desire or you have that lust or you have that propensity or you have that whatever it is to go left when you know what? If you applied yourself, you could go right. And if you if you could stay in your situation and be content and work yourself through it, wait and see how life changes instead of going out for your um, immediate satisfaction. And on the other side of that is for those people who have full control of many parts of their being, maybe it's the words that they speak or the deeds that they do in many respects. I don't believe that it's up to those people who tend to go with the other people, the opposite people, to hold those other people hostage. And there's many things that a sinful person would do that will be so outright and blatant that anybody can see it. And then there are some people who, some for lack of better words, may be um, prudish or may be considered upstanding. And they also feel the need to make others feel the lowness of their outright blasphemous sin that anybody can see with their eyes. But you know, some of the worst sins are the ones that we have hidden in our heart that no one can see. The thoughts. So, you know, it is what it is. To regret... I regret my choices because of uh, I'm a sinful person and I've walked off, off after many of my sins. Last question from this person. It says, looking forward, what steps are you taking to ensure that you're that you are living your life in in line in alignment with your values and priorities? And how do you define success, fulfillment for yourself at this point in your life? Man, I'm really horrible with these long questions. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Looking forward, the steps that I take to ensure that I'm living my life yeah, I'm in align, align with the values, which would be the principles um, that God has set out in his scriptures, is to first know what the scriptures say. So I'm making sure to take time out of my day to either listen to the scriptures and or listen to a teaching and or try to um, keep the word as a part of my life. And sometimes it's like you have to bite your tongue, which sometimes I'm not sure what I'm biting my tongue when I should be just saying it out loud in the world that we are living in that is so hell <laughs> bent on getting people out of Christianity um, a mindset that used to be, I guess, in the Western world where they used to follow scriptures, you know, back in the day when they used to have prayer and a Bible verse at the beginning or whatever it is and all that stuff, prayers out and all these things are out. Um, and that was just schools and people knew that, you know, Sundays you weren't going to find anything to do because all the stores were closed. So slowly this, this culture has receded back into a sinful way. As in the beginning, so shall be in the end. So it's like it's slowly going back evil and evil. And I think as the days go on, you're going to find fewer and fewer people following the Lord. You know, it says that the way to hell is broad. 
it says that the way to heaven is narrow and few find it. So I just pray that I'm one of those that have found it. And because I believe that I have found it, I believe that I am found. I believe that I'm a, a part of God's family. I believe through the spirit of adoption, I can cry, Abba, Father. I believe that if I, even though I can't do anything to make myself more of a Christian, because it's not a work that I did of myself. It's the work that, that, that Jesus did on the cross. It's him rising again on the third day. It's him dying for all of our sins. Or for the sins of the Christians. The those that who are going to believe. And those who believe. So, I don't worry about stuff back in the day. I worry about, if anything, just trying to do what is right. Making the choices that in line, align with what I believe, which is the full scriptures of the Holy Bible. So, uh, you know, that's the only thing. And, and you get discouraged when you fail and when you falter. Or if you get caught up in, in any type of sin, it doesn't feel right. You know, going through it, you're going through it, you're going through the motions. And then when you have a second to stand and sit of what you did, then it's like, oh man, I did that. So, yeah. So how do I def define um, success? I would say, well, success is doing the things that are in front of you day by day in line with what you think the word of God says and in line with how, how things should be now. Things aren't always going to get there. Um, putting yourself in places um, to succeed. So maybe you need to read a little bit. Maybe you need to read a lot. <laughs> maybe you need to surround yourself with the right people. So I slowly go day by day just trying to make those choices day by day. Because, I mean, I can look at it and say, you know, I've messed up so many things in my life. I'll leave it to other people to say what good I really did. Or, I mean, the proofs in the pudding or whatever you want to say. Um, we're supposed to have fruits. So, one of my um, priorities right now is to have some fruit. <laughs> and people might say, that sounds so crazy. You're just going to have a banana and everything's going to be okay? No, that's not what I mean. It says in the scriptures that by their fruits, you will know them. So, I mean, what comes out of me in that, do I have a desire for God's word? Do I have a desire to share God's word? Am I trying to figure out ways that I can, I, I can, I can reach into the depths of hell, the people who are on their way to hell and try to speak a good word to them, trying to be a good example to my children, trying to, you know, love thy neighbor, <laughs> you know, keeping myself from falling into diverse lusts that are inside of me or whatever it is, I'm trying to do better. Although that's not going to make me get into heaven. It's not going to ensure anything. The only thing is it says these things will follow those who believe. Um, and I said, by, by your fruits, they will know you. So it's not because you do good, you are saved, but no, you are saved. And so you do good. Uh, hopefully um, that some, that will make sense <laughs> to you who's listening. And imagine that was only five <laughs> questions. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, here's, here's some more questions with it. There's, there's a couple more people. So I just said what I said, and these are the questions that came out of the whole thing from part one and part two. So can you describe emotions you experienced when you cheated on the woman you love most? And that's, was a, a thing that I said, and the emotions, 100% shame. Um, fear of having to explain why and what over and over, because that's one of the things that happened for you, those who are thinking of it. <laughs> I would say don't. A <laughs> hundred times don't. If I lived a hundred more times, I'd say don't each time. It's not even one of those times where it would have been worth it. Um. The fact of knowing that you hurt somebody who didn't deserve it, no matter what the reasoning is or what the excuses were. 
And at some level, I was also angry at the same time because I had been brought low. Um, the behavior, the acts, they were low. And at some level, I was there thinking, and maybe it was a wrong thing for me to be thinking at the time, but it was like, you know, if you were this way, then I wouldn't have that way. And, uh, and if, why did you make yourself open to this? And, you know, there's so many different things that I really, really looked at it. But um, the steps that I've taken, well, first of all, that situation has uh, ended itself or whatever. But um, the steps that I've been taking is to really consider my behavior, really consider the stuff that I say to people I really got a, you know, I was always a person that was somewhat under control of my emotions, but necessarily it wasn't really my control of my emotions. It was kind of like just packing everything in. And then there was times there's things that I wasn't exposed to as a youngster that I just exposed myself to, you know, and, um, I've, you know, I've countless times tried to, <laughs> apologize but it seems like those apologies will never end and you know you always win you always think that the next time you apologize um that you'll feel better about it and they'll feel better about it and i guess time heals all wounds supposedly they say so we'll see i don't know that time heals all wounds but it's a good saying though <laughs> but yeah what steps I've taken to amend is just to try to be more responsible. Um, I vowed never to do it again. Uh, there's a few steps that I won't talk about here, but there have been steps. I've definitely kept myself out of the way of, of any individual of any sort that had anything to do with me at that time. Whether it was a friend, whether it was uh, other, you know, I just totally cleared out clean house. Uh, I've even kept myself off things like Facebooks, <laughs> Facebooks, um, kept me off places where, you know, familiar nonsense is going on or people who know me in that way. So in, in a sense, I've kind of plucked myself out of society in a sense as well, which it sucks in, in one sense, but it's good in another sense. So in other words, it's crappy because maybe I don't have the friends that I probably um, because of the way that I usually am and people really do gravitate to me. Um, so although I'm comfortable in my own skin, it's like I sometimes feel a little bit isolated at the same time. And I can honestly tell you being doing this podcast um, has definitely certainly given me an outlet to express myself in different ways, mostly talking, obviously, um, and ideas. It's just, it's been great. So this is one of the steps, I guess. I mean, pretty much except for this podcast, I pretty much laid everything out bare. If you literally watched all 97 before, or 96 before this one, you'd have a full, full proper uh, picture of everything, I guess, if you really wanted it. <laughs> Let's see. What are your thoughts on the importance of fidelity in a relationship. <laughs> My thoughts. Fidelity in a relationship is the most important thing in a relationship. I mean, honestly, it's more important than love. The love that we say we have for our for our um our uh, spouse. Fidelity. <laughs> I mean, it says husbands love your wives. <laughs> Can you grab my water from there too? It's in the, it's in the door at the top. Just grab one of them. Um, so, and maybe you may not look at it that way. I mean, well, what if you do love the person you're with, but then you're, you're, you're an infidel. <laughs> There's no fidelity. Um, I'd say that first thing is fidelity and everything falls after that. And beyond that, it's just being a person um, that follows after the word of God. It makes a big difference. So after that, yeah, so after fidelity, that would be it. But basically the main thing is to be um, true. Sorry, y'all. <clears throat> Had to get some water.
And I'm sorry that this one is taking so long, but maybe you're enjoying me ramble on for now 44 minutes. Um, let me get back into it. Okay. How do you define love and what role does it play in your life? Well, the main love that I define that is important to me as an individual in the place that I am in now would be that agape love. And that is that godly love, that love that, you know, because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, like that love that is not wanting of itself that is a giving love that a love that is content in whichever situation that life finds you in you know that love um for god that you want to obey that love that you want to fulfill whatever he has in front of your life that love that is not selfish that love that endures that love that covers a multitude of sin not embarrassing people which I kind of never was that person. It just wasn't one of my things. Um, even love for the body that he's given you, the respect for other individuals and other people's property, and, and the list goes on. So I would say it it um, plays a huge role. Can you discuss your views on sexual expression and how it has influenced your behavior and relationships? Um, I would just say, and maybe I'm not even approaching it properly, is to say that it should only be <laughs> in a marriage. And if you're a Christian, that whatever that that love, that that expression of love should certainly only be between two people who are married for Christians and I mean outside of marriage it's just I guess it's whatever but I mean at the same time it's not whatever but at the same time respect for that marriage everything inside that marriage is fine outside of it not so fine and also to know that you're giving and you're not taking it's like if you're looking at it as a a situation where you're getting, you're getting, you're taking, you're taking, you're doing. It's no good. And if you're thinking that somebody's just taking and taking and getting and getting from you, that's not good either because then eventually you're going to feel like you've been overrun. You've been used and abused or whatever the case is, which I know a lot of um, women end up feeling like and guys feeling the opposite that, you know, it's just there. She's there to fulfill this, that and the other. And if you look at it totally different. It can be way different if you have conversations about it and not be a prude or not be too or not be too uh, vulgar at the same time um, and understand that it is a natural part of a marriage. And I believe that it should only be in a marriage. It shouldn't be outside of marriage at all. And in the best case scenario, it's between two Christians. What steps have you taken to address the impact of your early exposure to intimate contact conduct well i would say just I've, I've spoken you know about it um and really gone over the thoughts i guess in my head to really um not necessarily unpack <laughs> but um i can say that it's probably helped others so, you know, sometimes you go through certain situations and you look at it and you say, oh, you know, this is that and it could have been different this way or I can't believe this person did that or said that or asked you to do that or whatever the case is. But um, it explains a lot when, you know, you really, really um, talk it out. It explains a lot of the choices that I possibly um, took. A lot of the ways that I kind of went, you know, it, it kind of um, made sense. And then I guess it also helps you safeguard your kids in the future. And I guess it kind of um, makes you a little bit more wary as to who you actually let 
around your kids and maybe to a fault again i mean i think it affects everybody when you're raised by say a damaged person then that damage is gonna um affect you in one way or another maybe you'll be sheltered maybe you'll be abused you know like with mine i i probably sheltered my kids a little bit too much in certain respects and then let them get a, a real good feel of um <laughs> pardon the pen i never got let them get a real good feel of the world i'm like i i guess in certain ways i wasn't sure where or how to um kind of let let them out but keep them close and i guess that's a, a really good um balancing act as a parent and a, as a person who's experienced that and as a person who's um siblings also experienced some of that as well it's been really difficult to trust how have you approached your role as a father to the other kids well again that's i can't really answer that now but i mean i tried to just be because the other one the other parents were around i tried to which tried not to overstep my boundaries and that was another thing i could say is difficult just being honest i sometimes i didn't know when i was overstepping sometimes i didn't know when i was just being more of friend than anything than even like a parent to those kids which kind of messes up the whole thing so yeah i i can't say that i did it the best job so i would like to say oh i was this and i was that <laughs> but um yeah i was too friendly at some in some respects and then you know i probably was overarching in some ways especially as the kids got older and um and maybe I didn't like some of the stuff that I was hearing or some of the stuff that I was seeing or, you know, as teenagers and young adults tend to be um, disrespectful in some ways, especially when you're not my father. <laughs> Although I never heard that, but um, it was always it, it's not always what you say. It's <laughs> other things. So I embraced it, but I don't really necessarily know that I did a, a very good job at it. <laughs> so that's for that <laughs> next question can you discuss your views on the importance of setting a good example for those around you 100 percent. you know i'll say it this way and i don't even know if this is going to even properly answer the question properly but um there was a point in my life where i probably had around 30 or so pairs of shoes and probably from say 12 to 25 pairs of jeans or pants or at one point I buy guest jeans and you know um and not that guest jeans are a big thing now <laughs> but for a point there for a little time there it was the thing um but then I started to feel I started looking at the stuff that I had and I mean these aren't big possessions it's not like I'm opening a treasure chest of gold chains and all kinds of bling and you know 30 rings that I can't necessarily put on my fingers but it's the same kind of thing whereas except for the smarter probably have the golds and the chains where at least you can melt it down into something possibly but um I mean I only have two feet I can only wear one set of shoes at one time you know you can only drive one car at a time it's like um, I look at these things and I'm like, could you imagine, like, I don't know. And maybe it's going to be nothing. Maybe it's going to be, you know, that was the choice. Maybe you decided to have 30 pairs of shoes where you could have had two cars <laughs> or, or maybe you could have fed a neighborhood <laughs> over Christmas or, you know what I mean? Like, so I look at it as like, I always thought to myself, I said, what would God think? Like when I die and, you know, I'm ho hoping to go to heaven, I have this blessed hope. What's he going to think or what does he think when I have one pair of shoes on my feet wherever I am and then I have 14 other pairs of running shoes <laughs> and not cheap ones either. Meanwhile, there's people, literally people on this earth today walking around with no shoes, not by choice, but because they don't have them. So there was a point in my life where I started giving away a lot of stuff. And sometimes I look back and it's kind of funny, not like um, the woman that turned into the pillar of salt, Lot's wife, but I look back and I, I just think, Hey man, I wish I had those. 
<laughs> so it's like, you know, you gave away 20, 30 pairs of shoes or whatever it is. And you, oh man, I wish I had those ones back. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't a good choice. But I mean, at least I can say I didn't really just get rid of stuff that I didn't have use for. I got rid of a lot of stuff that I literally had use for. So I guess that's a, a good thing. So when I look at um, setting a good example, it's stuff like that. It's like it's a situation where um, like just this past summer where um, and it, I guess it's again, I don't want to say it's been me forever. But um, I went, one time this past summer, I stopped. I, I saw something on the road. Like I had my kid pick it up. We're in the car. Um, I was driving to his mom's. And then I realized that um, there was something on the ground there it looked like it was a purse find out it was it was some kind of um it was a purse kind of with a strap or whatever it is and it had a cell phone in it had um a hundred dollars in it it had credit cards and all you know a bunch of stuff in it so we could see the person's name see the person's address the cash is there now maybe at one time i would thought hmm maybe i just take the cash and give that oh, i don't know the cash wasn't there or you know what i mean like but i 100 percent was right there was saying you know what and to be example i need to show this kid that to do the right thing is the right thing and um it turned out into to be a, a really good story and um one that probably my child would probably remember um and that's just being a good example to your kid you know, and hoping that he will do or she will do the right thing in the future when the opportunity presents itself. So you hope that, you know, by your actions and by sometimes teaching, because people don't understand your actions always and explaining yourself and not just being there and saying, do what I do <laughs> or do what I say, you know what I mean? But really being um, a parent who communicates or a person who really communicates their ideas or a person who admits, like sometimes I'll falter, maybe I'll say something I shouldn't say, or maybe my attitude won't be the way it should be. At least I do my best to try to backtrack whenever I can to um, admit when I'm wrong. I don't want things, I mean, people can hold you to it and say, oh, I liked what you did that day. No, I don't like you apologizing for it. I like that you, your natural raw emotion. <laughs> But I um, try to go over it and try to not necessarily fix it and not, not, not necessarily make excuses for it. I try to, if anything, chastise myself <laughs> over stupid choices or stupid things that I said or whatever I did. <clears throat> How do you feel about the possibility that those you've helped raise might have a different perspective on your role in their lives well again i i leave it open that i, I <laughs> i've seen where you know you think you've done something a certain way you know maybe you think you did like a 10 level but then when things turn out you find out that um you didn't really do a 10 level you might have done a three or a four so so yeah i know that you know, kids that I've helped raise or my own might have um, different, different, differing of opinions saying that, you know, you did this when you did that. And, you know, you're never going to be perfect. I mean, some might grow up and say, oh, my parents were perfect. I know my parents weren't perfect. I know there was lots of ways I could say, oh, that, you know, maybe if you did this instead of that, maybe if you disciplined me this way instead of that way, maybe if you knew or you paid attention more of the shenanigans that I was really up to then you could have um, get guided me this way or that way. But at the end of the day, I think most people try to do their best. <laughs> so as I'm still raising, <laughs> as, as I'm still trying to parent, even to the older ones, I try to set a better example and I try to pull, um, say, the, the direction that I try to give. I try to make sure, even though I think I did more, but I maybe I wasn't so good at it before as a young parent, um, I try to pull off the wisdom out of the Bible that I know that the Holy Spirit is um, in the scriptures and I know that he imparts and he has imparted on into our hearts. He's written God's law in our hearts and we try to um, pass that on to our kids and hopefully they are chosen to. Hopefully they are of this, of the elect. But, I mean, you can't tell somebody to be a good Christian. You're a Christian or you're not a Christian. There's no such thing as working to get yourself into heaven. 
And I think I'm going to start stop there. There's one more um, set of questions that I want to go through. There are 10 more questions, and I think I'm going to have to make that one uh, episode of its on its own. Anyhow, I'm going to stop here. This has been another episode of You're Probably Right Podcast. I am MCM. Take care until next time. Come check out You Probably Write Podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. (laughs) I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh-oh, yeah, God, self-help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not-so-tough questions, and all the while, understand that, listen, Sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat. Well, that's how it is here. And because there's no topic, well, very few topics off the table. Torontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there. (laughs) Hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting. And hey, maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere. Hope to see you soon.